The great ocean churned. It produced waves. Those waves had great fun crashing over and over, one after another. Then one wave asked, am I still the ocean? It thought about this question with every crash. Am I a wave or am I the ocean? I feel like I am both. Can I be both? Welcome back to the latest episode of the Little Decisions Podcast, the only podcast about kindness, connection, and community that I'm aware of. (laughs) But really, welcome back. I have so many great things to share with you today, and I'd like to start with the title of the episode, Question Yourself. Why did I decide to name the episode that? How can I connect such a simple little decision to kindness? Well, you're well on your way to figuring that out for yourself, so stay tuned. Housekeeping's up first. For housekeeping this week, I wanted to briefly talk about what didn't happen last week. If you listen to the podcast regularly, then you may have noticed I didn't release an episode last week. While I've talked about it some on social media, I wanted to take a minute and explain why. I make no qualms about my mental health issues, and last week... I was dealing with some sadness, malaise, and anxiety all rolled into one, into me. And it's hard to be happy and talk about kindness when you feel so apathetic, so anemic. So I decided not to. I asked myself what my ultimate goal was with the podcast and landed on authenticity. I pondered what I would even talk about in such a state and came up with nothing of interest. I questioned myself about what I ultimately needed and found that the answer was rest. So that's what I did. It's hard to sit with such uncomfortable feelings, especially for long periods of time. But as a trauma victim, I know it's not impossible to do such things because I've already done so. I'm glad to be back. I'm feeling better and more grounded. And I hope you enjoy what I created for you today. And that's housekeeping. There is a certain struggle with chasing your dream And it's surrounded with doubt, fear, and questions of worthiness. Who am I to be your source of inspiration? Of hope? Of anything, really? Sure, I've always had the gift of gab, but how far can that really take me? And how good am I really? Or rather, how good could I really become? Because that's what this journey is all about, is becoming. This becoming is the point, right? Trying to see where I can go when I use my creativity and voice instead of my office skills. Sure, I've got some great instincts when it comes to interpersonal communication, but how will I know when I have successfully delivered my message to others? Or maybe think of it another way. What's the first thing someone would ask you if you called them and said, I'm lost? Where are you? When you ask yourself questions like this, that's questioning yourself. This taking stock can be a wonderful opportunity to be very kind to both yourself and others. I'll give you a real-world example. I took a job once that I was qualified for on paper, but not in reality. 
When I was hired as an office manager, I kept faking it, hoping I would eventually make it. But it was only when I finally asked myself one question, what do you really want, Victoria, that I was able to see my misstep. I thought I had done everything right. I was the fairy tale candidate. I'd started at the office's front desk, been promoted to several other inner office positions, and probably worst of all, I talked a really good talk. But it's really hard to talk and listen at the same time. And in order to answer a question, you have to be listening so you hear it. And I wasn't. After I left that job, I vowed to myself to listen to my gut and be brave enough to say no to things that don't serve me and yes to things that do. And to really question my plans, thoughts, and ideas a lot sooner. But in a kind way. In a non-judgmental way. One of the questions that always scared me was, what does a meaningful life mean to me? Don't judge yourself if you ask that and all your soul responds with is crickets. The other part of kindness and questioning yourself involves patience. For so long, I judged myself harshly about everything, everything. When I didn't answer a question fast enough, when I didn't have the information I thought someone needed, when I was human in any way. And those thoughts still pop up. It's really hard to control that first thought. But that second, that one is where I can be kind and make a little decision to remove the judgment, shame, and baggage and dig just a little deeper. I wanted to do this piece because I wanted to explain why questioning yourself is so important. And I also lost a friend this week who saw through me when I was in that job I referenced and loved me anyway. You'll be missed, Wanda. For my nostalgia piece this week, I want to tell you how old I am without actually telling you how old I am. I've recently fallen in love with these types of videos online and wanted to take a whack at it. Here we go. I'm big hair, big shoulder pads, all in neon or pastels old. I'm Cabbage Patch Kids, Pac-Man, and Rubik Cube old. I'm so old, I remember when MTV used to play music videos from greats like Michael Jackson, Madonna, and Prince all day long. My childhood was analog, although the Mac or PC grew alongside me. I'm Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, old. My youth also witnessed the crisis of another virus when HIV AIDS appeared. I'm beeper codes and CD Walkman in Jinko jeans, old. Have you figured it out yet? Check out my Instagram at Little Decisions Podcast to find out exactly when I was born. Let me know if you guessed right. For pineapple facts this week, I wanted to explain why my logo has three pineapples on it. I talked about this in earlier episodes, but it's an important representation of what this podcast is meant to be about, so I wanted to revisit it. When I was first thinking about the image of logo for this podcast, I had this idea stuck in my head. I had heard from some branding expert that you wanted to have a uniquely recognizable item to be part of your brand. The idea being that as people see this common image or item, they will think of you and your work. I really believe that was important to my podcast. So I spent a great deal of time on this idea, and I finally landed on the pineapple. Around the same time, I had decided that the podcast would have three main themes. Kindness, connection, and community. These themes would be the parameters for who I interviewed and how I created the rest of the episodes. 
So I told Eugene Mobley, superstar of the podcast, who was helping me create the logo, that I wanted to try and have three pineapples in it and that they would represent these three pillars. Do you feel that in this episode and in others, there's emphasis on these three things? Kindness, connection, and community? I hope so. Anyway, that's why my logo has three pineapples in it. I mentioned earlier in the episode that I was in a bit of a funk, and I wanted to share with you five easy ways to get out of a funk. These were shared with me by the wonderful Amanda Mooney, who you know from this podcast. Thank you, Amanda. Number one, eat. Your brain needs a minimum of 130 grams of carbs just to function. Number two, water. Dehydration impacts cognitive functioning. You need 1.5 to 2 liters minimum of water to maintain daily function. Number three, shower. Cold showers help depression. Warm showers help anxiety. Number four, move. Exercise releases serotonin, which is a mood-stabilizing neurotransmitter. And number five, breathe. Deep breathing brings new O2 to the brain. Helps boost energy, release tension, elevate mood, etc. Nothing is more important than you being here. Take the steps to take care of yourself because you matter. And in case you need it, the National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. My name is Hank Finkel and the book is called Am I Still the Ocean? My name is Shannon Haney, and I was the illustrator for Am I Still the Ocean? That's right. I have two people here today for kindness and practice, and we're talking about the book Am I Still the Ocean? I'm really excited to try something new with this interview. I'm calling this a collage interview. There's going to be less of me talking over and more of Shannon and Hank. So I hope you enjoy it. I I like to think of it as a a life lesson and it's geared toward children, but the message is for everybody. This has always just been sort of a hobby for me, but I'm the person that if someone wants something drawn or painted or a sketch of something, I'm the kind of the person in everyone's network that maybe they'll go to for that. (laughs) It's been always been a hobby of mine and something I, I just take a lot of joy in. Turning 60 and I always had... Uh, an affinity for books. I, I loved reading and even just holding them and the tactile essence of them. I, I always liked books and always thought I had a book in me. It was always on my bucket list. And uh, I thought, do something big, take some of this thing out of turning 60. And I jumped in and I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never done it before. I'd written stories. Basically, one day he kind of just shot me a, an email out of the blue and almost kind of sheepishly was asking, um, hey, you have kids. You want to, Do you mind taking a look at this manuscript that I did and, and let me know what you think? So, you know, I read it over and then I read it to the kids and I really liked it, you know, and so that that was kind of all I thought the extent of it was going to be like, he just wanted my opinion as a mother of young kids. Then he approached me and said, hey, would you be interested in illustrating? And I thought, yeah, I mean, when family comes to you and asks you your opinion on stuff, sometimes (laughs) you're not sure exactly how honest to be. (laughs) Not that you want to be dishonest, but you have to be a little tactful, right? The story genuinely resonated with me. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. This is great. I'm a chiropractor by trade. And I I thought uh, I was going to write more of a, a health book. I actually got started in that direction. And I'm also a big meditation advocate. One day I just jumped up and 
it went on like a light bulb. I'm like, no, no, it's a children's book and it's simple and it's just direct and keep it simple, keep it direct. And, and it just poured out of me that way. It's landscape art and nature art. And I love being outdoors. I hope that that kind of comes through that a passion of mine and, and I, something I wanted to share. When we were discussing Hank and I, the tone of the illustrations and the kind of illustrations. He was very clear, he, you know, he didn't want it to be cartoony. He, he didn't want it to be, um, you know, anthropomorphic snowflake with eyeballs or anything, you know. <laughs> and I also was after sort of a timeless, I wanted the pictures themselves to sort of transport you and make you feel like you were really there. And um, the tone of the story is to kind of get you as the reader to reflect on your own feelings. And so I, I wanted those pictures to assist with that process and just sort of be meditative and immersive kind of, and not not like too intrusive. I wanted people to be able to make it their own. I wanted them to see the pictures and just kind of take the mood of the pictures and, and sort of help that visualize internally. One day, a wave crashed on some rocks. Part of the wave formed a pool in the rocks. The water in the pool wondered, what happened? I was a wave, but now, I'm a pool. Am I still the ocean? Do you ever feel turbulent like the waves? Can you picture the waves hitting the rocks? Take a deep breath and imagine those waves as they crash over the rocks. The lesson is connectedness and as we, you know, things may transform or change as we grow, but we're, there's always a connection to source. And I wanted to get that message across without being preachy or dogmatic. I landed on using the water cycle. So that's the science, the water cycle. It lends itself quite well to what I'm trying to get across in the Zen aspect that we are all connected as we change. So an aspect that's always the same and feel far from our source and yet we're still connected to our source. Just feels right to have watercolor images with a book about the ocean and water. It was a challenge for me because I'm more used to working with oils and acrylics and more of that, you know, those thicker mediums and watercolor and ink and things like that have always been a challenge for me because, <laughs> like I said, if I want to go back and kind of pick at something or, you know, okay, let's go over here and maybe, you know, watercolor doesn't let you do that. It's kind of like you put it there and there it is. You can go back and layer here and there. But um, yeah, if you start messing with it too much, it just, it goes all to shreds. So, <laughs> um, so that was a, um, a challenge for me, but I definitely, yeah, I, I feel like it really influenced the, the style of the drawings and, and the paintings. The final thing was that at the time we were actually living off grid in our travel trailer, me and my husband and three kids at the time, uh, we had just moved to Georgia. And so we kind of things all kind of happened at once. And so we sold our house and we moved here and we had already had the property and we would come down and camp here um, just because we love it here so much. <laughs> and um, so we were living there at the time while we were kind of figuring out what our permanent situation was going to be. So as a, in a tiny enclosed aluminum <laughs> box, basically, I didn't really feel comfortable using, um, you know, smelly oil paints or things like that. And it had to be something that would quickly dry and be ready to go so that when my kids woke up the next morning, <laughs> I didn't have to like, you know, say, get it, no, don't touch it. Um, 
So yeah, I would do usually do it at night after everybody was in bed. That was like my little ritual to work on the paintings. And, uh, but yes, that was another sort of practical concern is I just wanted to make it as non-smelly and non-intrusive. I didn't exactly have a, a studio to work in. Um, but yeah, that kind of made it a little like this sort of intimate thing as well. There's a lot of different ways to meditate as well. And I got started on that path early, luckily, by a fluke as, you know, I guess synchronicity or luck may have it. I happened to have been at a summer camp and part of the program for that summer was to be in a volunteer program. And the volunteer program I chose happened to be off the camp at a yoga meditation spa, like helping them get their their um, playground, their outdoor area off the ground. We were doing physical work at this retreat and it happened to be Kripalu, which is a very famous yoga and meditation center uh, still. And they had a um, small branch near this summer camp and we were helping them. And in return, each time we were there, three times a week, they would give us these organic meals, these um, talks and these yoga lessons and meditation classes. And so at 16, I got started on that path. My undergraduate degree was in psychology. I was interested in development of the mind. And then at a later date, when I went back for my doctorate degree, somehow I took a hard turn and landed as a chiropractor. And looking back, I realized I had mind, body, and spirit really all under my belt. Those to me are the three pillars of good health, of well-being, mind, body, and spirit. Kind of the basis of where the book probably came from. Often I just find it as a something I like to give to other people. I always was very uh, impressed with and uh, almost envious of people that could just crank out art for art's sake. I mean, I love to create and it helps me process things, but you know, there's folks, they're just so prolific. They're, they'll just sit there day after day and, and pump out art. And for me, I've never really been able to do that. Mostly I'm motivated to do it when people want something or if it's a gift I wanna give someone, you know, um, that's when it is the most meaningful for me. I mean, soon, soon as the story was complete, I, I thought, hmm, that's a pretty good story. If Shannon can illustrate it, I think that's a keeper. But my first thought was like a book for our family, for our kids, and, you know, just to share going forward. As a chiropractor, you know, my work is important and meaningful, but it doesn't leave anything behind. And I always felt kind of a void there, a personal void. I, even though, uh, you know, my work has a lot of rewards, it was one reward that was lacking, not leaving something tangible behind. And I thought, well, if she'll illustrate it, this could be something we can leave behind for our family. And they'll say, oh, Aunt Shannon and Papa Pank wrote that book and made that book. So I sent it off to her because I knew from, from an early age, Shannon was a fabulous artist. I, I knew her whole life. But it was a question mark if she would be able to take this project on. She had three kids at the time and um, didn't know if she would have the time. Yes, I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's just that it all came together. And uh, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like, those were just like, uh, you know, 
the first thing I, I really didn't make sketches or anything for this for the illustrations. It was just kind of like, okay, I, this is what I think I want to do. Let's see how it goes. And like you said, it, it it kind of fell into place. It did feel like it was a, you know, very serendipitous kind of, um, you know, synchronous thing there. <laughs> you can purchase "Am I Still the Ocean" on Amazon or wherever you purchase your books. You can also visit HankFinkel.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I certainly enjoyed being able to make it for you. And if I ask myself why I do this, this podcasting, it's because I want to share some kindness and joy with those around me. And I want to do so by highlighting wonderful folks from the Athens area. So until next time, remember to question yourself kindly and to always pineapple with care.